in your car. We're going to give you a, a, a uh, FM number that you can dial into and you can hear the entire service and we're keeping everybody safe. But I just could not have Resurrection Sunday service the regular way. We got to come together. So I want you to meet us here at the Freedom Church. It's going to be an amazing time in the Lord. So you want to make sure that you are here for that. And don't forget, don't forget, Freedom, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much for, for logging in. But last Sunday, uh-huh, y'all didn't give like y'all were supposed to. All right. Uh huh. Hello. I'm talking to you. Yes, you sitting right there. Uh huh. So here's what I need you to do. I'm going to stop right now and give you an opportunity to sow. Listen, this is a day and time where we are literally in what the Bible would consider a famine. There are things going on in our land, in our country, and things seem uncertain. But while the world is uncertain, we know the certain one, and his name is Jesus. And this is not the time to back up and not believe him. So here's what I need you to do. There are three ways that you can give at this time. You can go to Cash App and type in a dollar sign Freedom Church Jacks. You can text GIVE to the number 904-647-4374, or you can go to our website, tfcj.org forward slash give. I want you to go right now and let's sow into the kingdom of God. Listen, we still got to pay our bills. We still got to take care of what we got to take care of, but we need your help to do it. Listen, if you are at home and you are still receiving a check, you need to give. If the Lord has provided for you, even in this time, you need to give. So come on, let's take a moment right where we are and let's sow into the kingdom of God. And I promise you, God will command a raven to feed you even while you're in famine. Come on, that's what happened in the Bible. God will make sure that he, I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. So listen, this is the season, this is the time to sow into the kingdom of God and watch God move in your midst. So come on, let's give at this time. While you're giving, go ahead, get your Bibles. Let's go to Exodus, the 14th chapter, verse number 13 through 15. Exodus, the 14th chapter, verse number 13 through 15. How many of y'all need a word from the Lord on today? I need a word. Exodus, the 14th chapter, verse number 13 through 15. Reading from the NIV version, the Bible says, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. Can I just stop right there? Wherever you are, I need you to go ahead and put in those comments, put on that page, the Lord is fighting for me. Come on, I don't care what the situation looks like, I don't care what the circumstance is, the Lord is fighting for you. Look what the text says, the Lord will fight for you, you need only to be still. Verse number 15, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move forward. I want to preach just for a few moments from this thought in mind. Keep calm and carry on. Keep calm and carry on. Um, at the outset of World War II, Great Britain was the only country capable of mounting any fight against the Nazis. So strategically, it was important to Hitler and the Third Reich to, to keep Britain down by invade, by invading them. So as a result, they decided to bomb London in an effort to keep dominance over them. But even after being bombed, the people of London dis demonstrated to the world a tremendous resilience in the face of catastrophe. Their daily lives were upended, but they still went to work the best they could. Hardship was a norm, 
and people learned to do without. But through it all, they met the challenge with an unconquerable spirit. So the slogan they adopted at the time was keep calm and carry on. This slogan was made into motivational posters produced by the British government at the time. And the poster was intended, watch this, to raise the morale of the British public. And the purpose of the slogan was to call for persistence in the face of challenges. It's that same spirit, beloved, and attitude that I believe we need to adopt in times like these. Because our enemies are not humans dropping bombs on our city. No, our enemy is three things. You ready for this? Our enemy right now is a virus, hysteria, and inflexibility. Okay, let me rewind that one more time. The enemy we are fighting, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against a virus, hysteria, and inflexibility. But I came to give you marching orders from heaven on this morning that God wants me to tell you that the person that's sitting there watching me to keep calm and carry on. I need you to say that out your mouth. Keep calm and carry on. In the midst of an invisible enemy called COVID-19, keep calm and carry on. With doom and gloom on a 24-hour news cycle, I came to announce to someone that it is not the time to panic but and not the time to become fearful. God sent me to remind you to keep calm and carry on. In the face of unprecedented unemployment in this country, I came to tell you, keep calm and carry on. In the face of social distancing and life changing as we know it, keep calm and carry on because I've come to announce to somebody that you got a God that's still on the throne and as long as he's on the throne he is in control of everything that is going on in your life come on say it one more time keep calm and carry on now last week we preached a message called rerouting from Exodus 13 one chapter before this that when your life gets rerouted and God takes you the long way come on you remember this message we learn to advance and uncomfortable admit the uncertainty, and accept the uncontrollable. But now that we're in chapter 14, we see that the trouble was not over for the Israelites. In our text, we see Moses standing before the Israelites at the banks of the Red Sea. They are in a difficult situation. They have been released from bondage under Egypt, but now Pharaoh is chasing them to put them back into bondage. How must they have felt that one minute, God is bringing them out, and they're headed to the promised land. But now, a chapter later, it looks as if everything is falling apart. Now, I, don't, I know y'all, you know, we real churchy, and we won't be honest, but let me just go ahead and be honest. Have you ever been there before, where one minute you feel as if you understand God's purpose and plan for your life, and everything seems to be lining up and falling into place, but then suddenly life turns on you, and you experience a string of setbacks and disappointment that make you wonder what God is doing? In fact, can I tell you something? This ain't for you, but it's the person that's watching. You have not been through anything until you've had to question God. God, what in the world are you doing? I don't believe in this philosophy that say you ain't supposed to question God. The devil is a liar. Can I tell you that when I'm going through, I don't want to talk to anybody that's never had to question God on his activity. I need to talk to somebody that's had their back against the wall, confused and disappointed, but came out with the testimony that the Lord they serve will make
make a way somehow. And I need to take a pause for the cause and find out is there anybody that can give God praise in the midst of your questioning God and say, in spite of all the questions in my life, I believe, doggone it, that God is going to make a way out of no way so I can praise him in advance. Because what we see, come on, in the first four verses of chapter 14, we didn't read it, I'm going to catch you up, that God is changing the course and the direction that they were headed in. The Israelites are commanded, watch this, reverse your course, take a different direction, watch this, and God tells them, catch this, camp in an extremely vulnerable position. God leads them to the place where they had, they had watch this, an Egyptian border cities on one side of them, and the sea on the other side. Catch that. They had Egypt on one side of them and the sea on the other side of them. In other words, watch this. I know this ain't you, but there's somebody on here that's watching me. In other words, they felt, here we go, trapped. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, nah, we ain't going to tell the truth, but have you ever felt like you was trapped in a relationship? Uh-oh. Have you ever felt like you were trapped on a job? Have you ever felt like you were trapped in a cyclical place in your life where you kept seeing the same thing over and over again and they had no place to go? That's exactly where God tells Moses to take them. And here's my question, because I argue with the text. My question becomes, what do you do when God leads you the wrong way? Yeah, I knew it was going to get quiet. What do you do when God releases you from one job with drama just to go to another job with more drama? What do you do when God tells you to get out of one relationship, only end up, uh, end up in another relationship and still struggle? What do you do when you heard God say, lead at church, only to get to the next church and still have to fight more demons? Y'all ain't going to be honest this morning. What do you do when you see, when it seems as God has led you the wrong way? Here's what I've discovered. Watch this. I've discovered that the Christian life is not lived in straight lines. God makes detours, somebody say detours, along the way for our benefit. And even if you don't like the path God has you on and it looks like you stuck in a cul-de-sac like the Israelites, God told me to tell you where there is no path, God always got a plan. You miss your place to shout. I came to announce to somebody when you don't see a way forward, that must mean God got a plan that's operating right where you are. When it looks like you have no path out, no path through, it's because God has a plan to work out in your life. For I know the plans I have towards you, the plans to prosper you and not to harm you, the plans to give you a hope in the future. God has a plan for your life. And even though you can't take a step forward or back and you seem like you're stuck, I'm here to let you know when there's no path, there's always a plan over your life. I need you to declare out your own mouth. Come on, put it on the screen. God got a plan for my life. And even though I can't see how I'm going to get to this next place, I believe that God has a plan to prosper me and a plan to take me to a place I've never been before. That's what I believe. God has a plan for my life. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? Because it's in the text. Verse number three tells us that God's plan was for Pharaoh to think the Israelites, watch this, were trapped. God used, this is going to get tight, so I want you to kind of ride with me. God used that situation, catch this, as bait to lure the enemy in their direction in order to get the glory out of the situation. Let me rewind that again, because you missed that. God used their situation, them being trapped, as bait to lure the enemy in their direction in order to get the glory out of the situation. 
So when the enemy thinks he has you trapped, God was just using your trouble as bait to bring your enemy to destruction. You missed a good place to shout. In other words, watch this. God is using your trial as bait to bring depression to your to its knees. God is using your lack of money as bait to bring doubt to its destruction. God is using your situation as bait to let every enemy in your life know that all things are still going to work together for my good because I believe that no weapon that's formed against me shall be able to prosper. I need to stop right here and go ahead and give God praise because I thought that my that my problem was punishment, but I'm here to I'm here to let you know that your problem was simply bait to lure the enemy out so that he can destroy the enemy right in your face. And you need to give God glory because even in the midst of everything that's coming against you, God says no weapon that's formed against you shall be able to prosper. And you need to give God glory in advance cuz all your problems going to work out for your good. All your situations gonna work out for your good you can give God glory on the front end cause God gonna make it good on the back end somebody right where you are open your mouth and give God glory and this is the place where faith must be activated in our lives because by the time we get to verse number 10 through 12 we see people uh, we see these people with no faith but watch this they have no faith but they got plenty of fear and fighting let me say that again by the time you get to verse 10 through 12 we see people with no faith, but plenty of fear and fighting. In fact, I came to let you know that as a result of a lack of faith, what ends up happening is you begin to fear and you begin to fight. Watch this. The text says that when they saw Pharaoh approaching, they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Because if you're not careful, what you fixate on can, have ac can give access to fear to grip your heart. When you are fearful, you begin to focus too long on any perceived threat in your life. That's why, watch this, you must stay informed in this day and time with what's going on in our world, but you can't sit up there and watch CNN and Fox News all day long because it will leave you fearful about tomorrow. Because watch this, I want you to catch this, fear can do two things. You got two choices when it comes to fear. You ready? Fear. F-E-A-R. Let's spell fear. F-E-A-R. Can I give you what it means? Uh, fear can be two things. Fear. You can face everything and run or you can face everything and rise. You miss what I just said. F-E-A-R. You can face everything and run or you can face everything and rise. You can allow fear to move you off your post and make you run from where God has you or you can use your fear as fuel to rise to the challenge that's set before you. And I believe there's somebody that's watching me this morning that is rising to the place that what used to make you run, you will stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now you at home and you can't touch your neighbor, but I want you to touch your screen and tell your screen, I'm going to stand still and I ain't going nowhere. Come on. I wish I had somebody. I'm not running, but I'm rising. You missed what I just said. I'm not running, but I'm rising. I'm not panicking, but I'm prepared. I'm not fearful, but I'm going to walk in faith because my faith says I'm more than a conqueror. My faith says I'm an overcomer. My faith says I'm the head and not the tail. My faith says I'm above and not beneath. I'm a, my faith says I'm going to be confident of this, that he who has begun a good work will complete it. So I'm not running, I'm rising. I'm going all the way up. I wish I had somebody right there in your home that can declare I'm going all the way up because I'm not running, I'm going to rise. And the text says that after fear has set in, watch this, what did I say fear does? Fear makes you, watch this, uh, uh, fear will get you to the place where, where you will either, you will fear, when you panic, you will fear, or watch this, or you will fight. 
text says, it's right there in the text, that they began fighting with Moses. Verse number 10, 11, and 12, because the result of a lack of faith is fear and then fighting. Verse 11 says, the people said to Moses, Moses, bruh, did you bring us out here to die? Because there were not enough graves in, uh, for us in Egypt. It, it, they, they literally tell Moses, in verse number 11, we told you to leave us alone and let us serve the Egyptians. Now, wait a minute. Ain't these the same people that just a minute ago was crying out to God, God, deliver us. We tired of being under Pharaoh. We tired of being in Egypt. But now, because they faced with a little trouble, now they're going back on it, and they start turning on Moses. And then they say in verse number 12, it would be, have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. I, don't, I, know, I, know, I know you know some people that's like that, that no matter how much you tell them that if you leave that or you get out of that, it's going to get a whole lot better. Yeah. But sometimes people will sit with the devil they do know than the devil they don't know. Yeah, 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 sometimes yeah, yeah. people are more comfortable being in the place they've always been than going to the place of uncertainty where they've never been before. Now, Pharaoh is on their heels, catch this, but they start arguing with Moses. You missed what I just said. Let me rewind that again. Pharaoh, the enemy, is on their heels, but they start arguing with Moses. Pharaoh is after them, but they begin to question Moses' leadership. Watch this, because when people panic, they need a place to put blame. When people panic, catch this, infighting becomes a result of misdirected anger. When we panic over the bills... Infighting will start in the marriage. I'm talking to somebody. I'm trying to help you. When we panic over the promotion, get ready for infighting on the job. Oh, God. When we feel as if someone is getting more attention than we are in church, get ready for infighting in the ministry. Because panic has a way of turning friends into foes. I'm teaching real good. But I need somebody to say the devil is a liar. While COVID is out there, we can't afford to stop fighting up in here. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We don't have time to fight each other. We have an enemy that's after us. I need you to look at somebody right there in your house. Look at your wife. Look at your children. Look at your cat or your dog and tell them Pharaoh is after us. We don't have time to be in this house fighting over the bills because Pharaoh is after us. We need to band together and believe that it might look bad. We might be surrounded, but if God be for us, who can be against us? We've, we got to come together in unity and watch God perform a miracle in my in our life. Why? Because one can put ten, one can chase a thousand, but two can put ten thousand to flight. And we are better together. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity because we are better together. Go ahead and put on that screen. We better together. And tell every demon and devil that's in your house, you got to go. Ain't no fighting going on up in here. Ain't no disunity going up on in here. We gonna band together and we gonna fight this enemy together. I want to give you a pause for the calls right here and I'm going to give you to the count of three to open up your mouth and give God the glory for all that he's doing in your life. Come on. One, two, three. Open up your mouth and give God the glory. And while the people were speaking words of fear, Moses speaks words of faith. Moses tells the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. Uh, the Lord will bring you to today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. In other words, here we go. Uh-huh. You thought I was lost. Keep calm and carry on. So, Pastor, how do you keep calm and carry on? 
I got so much going on in my life. How do I keep calm and carry on? Three points and I'm out of here. Number one, put this on the screen. Write this down. Number one, reverse your reactions. Reverse your reactions. Uh-oh. It's about to get tight. Reverse your reactions. Moses says, don't be afraid. In other words, when I looked up that don't be afraid, you know what he was telling them? He was saying, catch this, keep your emotions under control. Uh-oh. I know you can see Pharaoh. I, I know you feel trapped. But keep your emotions under control. Because did you know that faith is first shown in your attitude in the presence of trials? Yeah. Let me say that one more time. Did you know that faith is first shown in the attitudes in the presence of trials? See, the level of your faith will ex be exemplified through your attitude when pressure is applied to yeah, your life. Yeah, yeah. God, so God knows how much faith you have. Watch this. Because your attitude will match what you believe God can do. Let me rewind that one more time because you missed what I just said. God knows how much faith you have because your attitude will match what you believe God can do. Because it's easy to say that you believe God. But it's proven when your praise eclipses your problems. Okay, it, 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 it's, it's proven when your work when you worship even while you're worried. Because my attitude is an indicator of the level I believe God is working in my life. That's why we must reverse our natural reactions. Because my natural reaction is to complain. Can can we just be honest? Can we just be honest? I know I know that ain't you, because your neighbor and the person that's on this live with you, they act like they, they get it all right and they'll never say nothing wrong and they, they don't never have a moment. But can we just be honest and just admit, come on, put the, the hands up emoji on there and say, yeah, uh-huh, sometimes I have a moment every now and again where my emotions get ahead of my faith. Watch this. Uh, my natural reaction is to complain. My natural reaction is to be depressed. My natural reaction is to mope and feel sorry for myself. But I must reverse my reactions. Why? Because our reactions and difficulties usually don't determine where we will come out. They just determine where we will benefit from the experience. You missed what I just said. I went too fast. Let me back that up one more, one more time. Our reactions and difficulties don't determine where we will come out. They just determine where we will benefit from the experience. And some of us aren't benefiting because we have not matured to the place that we have faith over feelings. God, I wish I had somebody. I'm not going to cry all these tears and my tears be wasted. I'm not going to suffer and not reign with God. I'm not going to go through hell and not come out with the benefit. But if I be tried in the fire, I shall come forth with its pure gold. I'm going to reverse my reaction so I can come through this with the benefit. I'm coming out with more joy. I wish I had somebody. I'm coming out with more assurance in God. I'm coming out with more peace. So I don't have to wait until the battle is over. I'm reversing my reaction now and I'm going to shout right where I am. Take a moment and open up your mouth and give God the glory because I'm going to reverse my reaction and I'm going to praise him even now. I got to reverse my reaction. But number two, I got to respect God's role. I got to respect God's role. I, first, I reversed my reaction. Now, I got to re respect God's role. Moses tells them, watch this, uh, um, be still, watch this, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. That word, stand still, right there, he tells them, stand still. That word, stand still, right there, I hope y'all ready for this. That literally means, you ready? Calm down. You tripping. Calm down. You going crazy? Calm down. 
take a breath, breathe in, breathe out. Watch this. Another translation literally says, don't lose it. Hold it together. And if you do that, you will see the salvation of the Lord. Ain't it amazing that sometimes when we get emotionally overworked, we can't see what's right in front of our face? You ever been mad looking for something? And as mad as you were, you couldn't see it and it was right in front of your face because you, your anger led ahead of what you were seeing? Isn't it amazing that sometimes you can get so emotionally worked up that God could be working and you can't even see it? Come on now. I need you to put on that screen. Calm down. Come on, calm down. You got to calm down. In other words, God is going to get us through this, but look at for what God is doing through this trial. See, when this epidemic, let me just tell you the truth. When this epidemic broke out, uh, churches all over America was worried that, about what would happen to the church if the church could not meet together on Sunday. I was one of them. What, what would happen to our congregations? What, what would happen to the giving and meeting the financial needs and responsibilities of the ministry? But I had to make up in my mind that I needed to see God in the midst of setbacks. So you know what I saw? Let me tell you what I saw. I saw a church that couldn't congregate, but I saw a church that went virtual, and last Sunday we had over 2,000 people to watch our broadcast. Now, if you are here on Sunday, you know it's about 105 on average adults that are here on Sunday. But on last Sunday, because we couldn't meet together, what seemed like a setback set us up to reach more people with the message of Jesus Christ. See, when you don't understand what God is doing, you got to respect him enough to look for him in what you don't even understand and you diminish the role that God plays in your life when you bow to Pharaoh before bowing to the boss of Pharaoh you miss what I just said when you start to think more about Pharaoh's intentions than God's intentions it will get you off track when you think about Pharaoh's plans more than God's plans you will move out the way and Moses tells the people calm yourself and look for God in this situation come on Keep calm and look for God. I'm going to look to the hills from which come in my help. My help comes from the Lord. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus even in the midst of everything. And even if I turn on the news and even at 45 acting crazy and even if the government can't get it together, I ain't looking at them anyway. I'm going to keep on looking to God because he is the one that's in control at the end of the day. I need you to put on that screen. I trust God. I trust God. I don't know how the money coming, but I trust God. I don't know if I'm going to get another job, but I trust God because in the midst of of everything I got to look for God and his handiwork in my life now I understand I understand why they failed this way come on if you haven't shared this go ahead and share this I understand why they fell this way watch this they've been slaves now these people in slaves for 430 years they are used to serving a tyrant who abused them and now God has set them free but brings them into an impossible situation and then tells them Israel you must do, watch this, absolutely nothing. I'm going to take care of this. Can, can I just, let me, let me be real transparent and be real honest. This is hard for me. This hard. Let me tell you why this is hard for me. Because if I'm an Egyptian, if I'm, if I'm an Israelite and I've been serving Egypt, I've been taking care of other people, and now I get out in this, in this wilderness, in this desert, and God says, you ain't got to do nothing, just be still and I'll handle it. This is hard. Why? Because when you've had to fix everything for so long, it's hard to trust that God will fix it for you. Yeah. Okay, this is real stuff right here. This ain't play uh, theology right here. This is hard stuff. Uh, it's hard for me to believe that I've had to fix things all my life, and now I ain't got to do nothing but just be still. 
See, uh, see, I'm talking to some people out there that know exactly what I'm talking about. You the person that people come to when they need help. You've been the fixer of everybody else's problems. And it's hard when you have to take care of, it, care of it up for yourself. And it's hard to trust that God will take care of everything for you. But God is speaking prophetically, hear me, that in this season, all you need to do is stand still yeah. because I will fight for yeah. you. This battle is not yours, but this battle belongs to the Lord. Just stand still because Jesus defeated your enemy long before the battle even began. I'm here to let somebody know you ain't got to fight. Just stand still because I'm here to let you know you serve a God that before you showed up, your enemy was already defeated. I'm here to let you know that all you got to do is be still and know that he is God and he will fight for you and he will handle this thing. I need you to put on that screen. God got me. God got me. God got me in the middle of this. God got me in the middle of being home all day. God got me in the middle of taking care of these kids all day. God got me in the middle of not how I'm going, knowing how I'm going to pay this bill. God got me in the middle of this, and all I got to do is be still because God is going to fight my battle for me. He is fighting for me, and I can give him praise because I serve a God that will make a way. So number one, I got to reverse my reaction. Number two, I got to respect God's role. Here's number three, and I'm done. Watch this. Number three, I got to watch this. Release your Rivals. Release your rivals. This grown folk talk. Release your rivals. Um, Bible says, Moses tells them, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Am I in the text? I'm right there in the text. Verse number 14. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Now, I did my research. Because we shout over that. I'm just be honest with you. We shout over that. We hekamashiahs, we give him God, we give God glory, we, we, we know, uh, we, we give God all the praise because, you know, the enemy you see today, you'll never see again. But I did my research, watch this, and I discovered that this translation does not give the full meaning of what Moses told them. Here's what the translation should be, watch this, because you have seen the Egyptians today, you will never see them again. Let me run that back one more time. Slow bus came right through, right through the internet. Let me, let me bring that back one more time. Because you have seen the Egyptians today, you will never see them again. Pastor, ain't that what they say? No. Your Bible says the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. But the true translation got a because on front of it. Because you have seen the Egyptians today, you will never see them again. Why is that important? It's important because you should be glad you are seeing the Egyptians coming at you right now. Because, watch this, because you have seen the Egyptians, because you have gone through it now, yeah. you won't have to deal with this later. Okay, yeah. you missed it. Because I know you want to ticket out your problem, and you want to ticket out your situation. But what is God saying? God saying, you can release your rival by facing what scares you the most. I'm preaching real good right there. God says, I need you to face what scares you the most so that it won't scare you any longer. Because God is trying to take every fear that you have and use it to build your faith. Let me break it down like this. Let me let me show you what I'm saying. Um, I hate roller coasters. I hate roller coasters. I absolutely hate roller coasters. I believe they are demonic. They are sent from the pits of hell. That some demon, some devil created uh, the thing that would scare the bejesus out of you. And, and I hate roller coasters. And I'll never forget one time I went to uh, Atlanta and I was at Six Flags in Atlanta. And we went to uh, the theme park and, and everybody wanted to get on the ride. And I hate 
the rides. And so they decided that they wanted to get on the ride that you stand up on the entire time you are on this roller coaster. I don't remember the name of it. It was Sit From Hell. That's what it was called, the ride from hell. That's what it was called. And I, 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 was, so, I, I was so fearful. And they said, come on, let's get on it. And I got on the roller coaster. And when I got on the roller coaster, I didn't think I was going to make it. Watch this. When I get on roller coasters, all of a sudden, I turn into a first soprano. I can hit notes I have never hit before in my life. I can shatter glass with my voice. I don't care what people say. Yes, I'm going to scream like, I, like I'm being tortured. Watch this. And I go through the ride. And when I get off the ride, I look back at the ride and say, oh, it wasn't that bad. Now, I scream the entire way. <laughs> But now I'm looking at the ride and saying it wasn't that bad. Why? Because when I faced my fear, all of a sudden the sting of fear was taken out. So the next year when we came back, I walked up to the line all big and bad because I knew what to expect even before I got on the ride. And God is saying, I'm trying to get you to the place that you face your fears so that you can take the sting out of the fear that what used to intimidate you won't intimidate you any longer because because you have faced the Egyptians today, you will not have to face them anymore. God is trying to say, watch this, I need you to declare this out your mouth. This is the last time I'll be this broke. Come on. This is the last time I'll be this sick. This is the last time I'll be this depressed. I'm going to face it so I can, so I don't have to chase it. So when it chases me, it won't bother me like that any longer. And I'm talking to somebody to let you know that you're going to face your rival and you're going to get over it because you're going to face your fear. You're going to stand right there in the doctor's office. You're going to stand right there looking at your credit report. You're going to stand there and look at that bank account and say, if God be for me, who can be against me and I will face every rival because I serve the undefeated king. I serve the one that's in control of everything and I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret because God got my back. Watch this and I'm done. God tells them stand still. But by the time we get to verse number 15, why, now we did say, we did say, the text says stand still. It did say that, right? It says stand still, right? Stand still. Okay. Verse 15, if you read verse 15, the Bible says watch this, move forward. I'm confused. I'm confused. I know y'all, you know, you got to figure it out. I know you are a theologian at home, and you know, you, you got to figure it out. But I, I, that messed me up. Because how in verse number 13, 14, you say, stand still. But then you get to verse number 15, and you say, move forward. Uh, that seems to me as a contradiction in terms. Uh, uh, stand still, move forward. Which one you want me to do, Lord? You want me to stand still or you want me to move forward? I'm talking to somebody right now because you're in that zone in your life. You want me to stand still or you want me to move forward? Which, what you want me to do? What if I told you that it's not a contradiction? What if I told you that God is speaking to you and I is not contradictory but complementary? Watch this. God is saying stand still in my presence but then go forward in my power. You, you missed that. In other words, you got to do both. You got to stand still in my presence, but then you got to move forward in my power. What does that mean? That before we act, before we move, before we jump out there, we must stand still before God and wait patiently on him. Wait until he tells us what to do or what not to do. Wait until he tells us when to move or when not to move. But when he gives the command to get to moving, you got to make sure you walk in complete obedience because obedience is better than sacrifice.
sacrifice. You got to stand still in his presence and then move forward in his power. I came to announce to somebody this morning that God is telling you, keep calm and carry on. You thought I didn't want to my message. God is saying, I need you to stand still and move forward. I need you to keep calm and carry on because what God is setting up in your life, I know it looked like it ain't coming together, but I'm here to let you know. Come on, bring the calm down. Bring the anxiety down. Bring the frustration down and keep calm, but then move forward. Keep one foot in front of the other. This is the time. While you sitting at home, you need to be writing your book. This is the time that while you sitting at home, you need to be getting that business plan together. Keep calm, but carry on because God got something greater and better for you on the other side, and I'm here to let you know that if you could just get in his presence, he will download in you what you need for when he launches you after this is all over because this is only for a season, and after a while, weeping may endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning, and I serve a God that is going to bring you out of this, so I need you to put on that screen, I'm keeping calm, and I'm carrying on. I'm going to keep calm, and I'm carrying on. I'm not going to get excited by what I see. I'm going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord operating in my life. Wherever you are, open your mouth and give God praise for what God is getting ready to do in your life. God says, keep calm and carry on. Keep calm and carry on. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to keep calm and carry on. I want to introduce someone to you who is the Prince of Peace, the one that will calm all your fears, the one that will guide all your footsteps. My brother, my sister, you didn't log on by accident. You logged on because God wants to do something in your life. And I'm here to let you know that when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, he will make you brand new. So wherever you are, my brother, my sister, this is your time, your opportunity to surrender your heart to the Lord, to give him your heart. You know you're not saved or you're unsure of your salvation. I'm going to pray a prayer with you. I want you to pray this prayer out loud. I want you to mean it from every fiber of your being. He don't care what you're struggling with. He don't care what you're dealing with. You serve a God that will accept you just like you are. How do I know? Because he had to accept me just like I was. But, it's, but since Jesus came into my life, he made me brand new. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. You serve a God that will change your life. So wherever you are, come on, let's pray this prayer together. You're ready to give your heart to the Lord. Come on, let's pray. Father, I repent. I need you. I surrender my heart to you now. I've made mistakes. I've missed the mark. But I believe you died on the cross just for me. I believe that God raised you from the dead just for me. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. Come into my heart. Save me. Live in me. Change me from the inside out. And I thank you now that I'm yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. 
If you just prayed that prayer, listen, there is a link on there. I need you to click on that link. We want to hear from you on today. We want to pray with you. All you got to do is click on that link. And guess what? We will have somebody contact you just to pray with you. That's all we want to do. We don't want to harass you. We just want to pray with you. You don't have to be a member of this church. All we're asking you to do is to click on that link right where you are. God says, if you are ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. So take this step as a public declaration that I gave my heart to the Lord on today. Go ahead and fill that out right now. Listen, if you're looking for a church home, I know it's unconventional. You might be in another city, but guess what? God worked it out that now we are on live stream. And you could be in Alabama. You could be in Mississippi. You could be in California. And you could be a member of this church. Come on, you can click on that link as well. We'd love to have you. We'd love you to be a part of our family. Come on, do it today. You know that God is calling you to this church. You know that God, listen, I got members all over the place. You can be one of them as, as well. Come on, let's do it today. I love you and I appreciate you. Last but not least, come on, if you have not given on today, you can give at this time. Listen, Freedom, I need you to hear, me, hear my heart. Last Sunday, we struggled with giving. It was nowhere where we needed to be. But I believe that God is rooting out that fear and we're going to step over into faith. We're going to give to God what he is so deserving of. So wherever you are, I need you to give on today. It is your, it is your responsibility to sow into the kingdom of God. I know you love this church. If you love this church, you don't want this church to go down. So I need you to give on today. You can give three ways. You can give by cash app, dollar sign, freedomchurchjacks.org. You can give by text. You can text to give. Text give at 904-647-4374. Or you can go to our website, www.tfcj.org forward slash give. This is your moment. This is your opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. Come on, let's support what God is doing. We want to make sure our church is always provided for. Come on, the information is right there. Go ahead and give at this time. The music ministry is moving in place while you're giving because they want to let you know that he, he made a way. When our backs were against the wall and it looked as if it was over, we serve a God that's making a way for you and I. Come on, can we just worship just a few more minutes? Can we give God the glory? for him making a way in your life. Come on, bless him wherever you are. Backs were when our backs were 
and we're standing right Made a way. Hallelujah. Lord, you, you made a way. 